Welcome to another episode of the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast, a different look at AFL Fantasy Classic, brought to you by the Keeper League Pod. This episode, we're overreacting to the trial matches, as always, and we've got a special guest, fantasy coach DJ and now famous TikTok star, it's Checkers. Pod Pod. Welcome everyone, it's been a great weekend of watching footy, this is the Pod Pod, I'm your boy Dossie here with Stato, the regular, the statesman, uh, big accolades for him in the fantasy arena, mate, how are you going? I'm very well, um, very busy boy at the moment, but I still found some time to watch a bit of footy on the weekend, and the only thing I'll say Dossie, uh, I need about an extra $6 million, because I'm hot on that many players, but just don't have the coin to buy them all. You are, aren't you? you you're, you're all full hype this season, but... Um, I'm up and about. You're absolutely up and about. Another man that's up and about, he's bloody exploding on the TikTok these days, but he does have a big AFL fantasy background. He's, he's been kicking torpies all over Adelaide, though, on his TikTok channel, Marmalade, uh, one half of the duo, I reckon. But uh, Checkers, how are you, mate? Yeah, all right. It's pretty good to have footy back. Um I mean, we've watched a little bit of AFLW over the last few weeks and the Winter Olympics, but there's nothing like a bit of uh, Dusty Martin streaming out the centre or Brody Grundy hitting down, you know, hitting down the ruck. So it's good to have some actual footy back and, you know, be able to just get back into the fantasy news and see the uh, Twitter start to blow up a bit with everyone getting all excited for fantasy season. Absolutely. So it's so fun and it's so good having, yeah, the, the AFL men's back um, with us. But what what's... It's so weird. This this week was so weird as a fantasy coach, and I don't know how you felt about it, Checkers, but obviously we had to watch a fair bit of footy with our own eyes, um, especially this weekend, because we didn't have really any stats apart from those stat sleuths on Twitter without the uh, the champion data backing it in. How'd you find that on the weekend? Yeah, no champion data, no heat maps, nothing, no time on ground minutes. You had to really... You couldn't even see when players were going off to, you know, the bench, so... People going, oh, old mates only played six minutes of this quarter, but I can't tell that from the TV coverage and Sarah Perkins' commentary. I don't know. <laughs> it's not giving yeah, you a whole lot of info. Yeah. It was hard to, you know, I guess sometimes with the internal trials, you can go down to the actual ground. You might be able to, here in Adelaide, we'll go down to Alberton and watch the footy or whatever. You can sort of see all the, the takeaways. But on the stream on TV or KO, heaps harder to track everything going on. Especially with some of the camera work that was going on, to be honest. I don't know who they hired out to do some of these games, but yeah, maybe maybe extend that budget a little bit next year for the fantasy coaches keen watching on. But I'm keen to get a couple of takeaways from you guys just from the trials. It can just be general general takeaways. We're going to be doing a deep dive into a bunch of players requested by the listeners throughout this. We're going to get through a stack of players, but just general takeaways. Stato, did you have any from the weekend? Oh, look, just at the end of the day, it's just a, it's an eye test day. That's all it is. That's where we've got to leave it. It's its not about the, the finer details. How are they moving? Uh, what type of role are they getting a bit of a slice of the pie at? Um, they're the important things. I, you can't overreact here. And yes, I would have changed my team as much as everyone else, but it's just actually getting those people to pass the eye test. They look fit, 
Uh, they look like they're moving well. They look like they've got a bit of form. They've got good one touch about them, and I think that was the most impressive thing from the weekend of how high the standard was generally. Um, normally you watch your first week of footy and, you know, it's a bit raw, but it was pretty impressive. So I enjoyed it, but don't overthink this week. Um, the week coming up, that's where you've got to pay attention because that's the dress rehearsal. What about you, Checkers? Yeah, I mean, fairly agree with that. It's, I wasn't reading too much into the stats or the fantasy, the data we are getting on Twitter or, you know, that people were putting out there because a lot of players were just, you know, dusting off cobwebs or having a quick run after. There was like a couple of players that play, we hadn't seen in over a year. So, you know, they're not going to play full minutes and some teams were playing six quarters. Some teams were testing out their, you know, potential SSP pickups. Um, the takeaway I had early in the week, I remember messaging a few mates Noticing that whole stand on the mark rule um, and just the, just the sort of game style that they were playing, um, it was just really noticeable. It could just be because it's a practice match and, you know, people aren't sort of used to game style and they've been playing internals or just training all summer. But there was a lot of, uh, a lot of, seemed like a different brand of footy with the whole stand on the mark and how the player having a stand and the, you know, a lot of run and carry. So a lot of run and carry off halfback. So I'd be interested to watch if it, changes this week with the, with the actual dress rehearsal or, you know, just sort of see the game plan. I didn't read much into the stats. I didn't read much into who got touches. I was looking at, you know, who was fit, who looked like they were healthy, who looked like they had some speed to them and clean clean possessions, and that was about it. The, the other thing I did notice, obviously the board have been locked off for WA for such a long period of time as is kept, obviously, a lot of the transport coming in and out of WA, and they seem to have an oversupply of witches hats uh, right oh, now. God. Come on, mate. Is that all you just wanted to get that one in there, did you? You bastard. Yeah. yeah um, apart from the major takeaways, um, my probably major takeaway, I don't know. I think I think similar to Stato in that, I just don't want to overreact to too much. And, and if we look at the injury, or sorry, the, the injured players and the guys that just weren't out there, I think that's just so important. And we'll probably touch on a fair bit of that as we're getting through these players. But, you know, you look at a team, for instance, like Fremantle, you know, they, they were missing Sean Darcy, David Mundy, Nat Fife, uh, Darcy Tucker. Like, there's five or six or seven of their best 22, Luke Ryan, James Aish, like they missed a bunch of these guys. And a lot of those players are still going to be there in round one. So whoever had those roles, it's just really tough to know. And hopefully we do see a lot of teams run with their their true, close to their true best 22 next week. But, you know, a few of the players we'll probably be talking about tonight, we might skip past fairly quickly due to the fact that we just don't think that their role is going to be there um, come round one or even maybe come this week when the when the real trials start. But I just want to talk about any players, and, and like we said, we could be overreacting here, but is there any player, one player each, that is now locked in your team after their performance? Now, obviously, I'm being a bit facetious because we're not going to lock anyone in until, you know, until right before round one or until we see it next week as well. But is there anyone that, in a sense, is locked in your team now? Checkers, do you have a player that, that comes to mind? Yeah, Lockie Whitfield straight off the bat, I think. I've had him in from day one. I think he's massively underpriced and he just looks fit, looks like he's moving well. We know he's had a few injuries the last couple of years, but I think he's uh, that whole stand in the mark rule sort of over my eyes a little bit about that running carry he has on the wing and we just see him rack up touches all day down those wings normally. So, excited to see him on the outside at GWS and picking up a heap of cheap disposals. I think he's locked in, D1. What about you, Stato? 
Yeah, Maxi gone. So you know, I've wow. been sort of really yeah, I've been really hot on uh, the Grundy Rob mix. I didn't want to muck around with Iraq. Um, thought uh, obviously, I didn't think he would lose a lot, but I just didn't think he was value. I thought he was going to go from a one hundred eight, you know, probably to a flat one hundred, and thought you're paying a bit too much to get that coin. And it's just because he's going to be shaved a little bit of time um, to allow Jackson to keep developing. And Jackson's form is is fantastic as well. But what we actually saw is playing that sort of loose sweeper role behind the ball. Um, And I think that's really positive. If he was always stuck deep forward, I had a problem with that. But his form was fantastic. Counter to that, and let's also acknowledge that they're playing North Melbourne, who are very undermanned as well. But you add on to that is Rob just wasn't involved in the play. And I know it wasn't a good day weather-wise, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, just didn't really get involved. I know he's meant to be really fit right now, but it just didn't look fantastic. So I thought, well, I don't want the hassle and thinking that round five, round six, if it costs, you know, 50 grand too much, I'll just pay for Gorn and just not worry about that line. Now, I think um, Kyle Holmes, who joined us a couple of weeks ago, would be very happy with that decision. And in, in fact, probably very smug um, as well. I think he was messaging me um, about oh, that. Oh, I gave it back to him, to, to be fair, in a smug sense, um, because he did put a, a tweet out there going, do not overreact. Um, any premiums that you have, don't change it because, you know, some of them may not be performing the best at this time of year, just getting a run into the legs. So I responded, so I should take Gorn back out and put Rob back yeah. in then. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, he did He did give me a smart-ass one back going, no, I said premiums. I don't think Rob was one. <laughs> he was. Um, so my player that I, again, you know, not quite locked, but getting very much closer to that. And and I don't know the stat. I don't know the stats, but and this was one of the games I didn't get to see a heap of as well. So maybe one of you guys can fill me in how the rest of the game oh, went. Wow. But seeing the start of the game um, just kind of confirmed the Sicily um, lock for me. I, I saw enough straight off the bat that I'm like, yeah, I think this guy's going to give me plenty. And given his ownership numbers, he's one that I don't really want to go against now. And, you know, I saw plenty in that first quarter. And like I said, I I didn't see a whole heap after that. I saw a lot of the other games. But um, I just saw so much from Sicily early that suggested that he's going to get back to that freewheeling loose defender and and get plenty of it down back. Uh, Okay, the next next player I want to talk about is someone you're actually considering – based on their performance that you weren't before. Checkers, do you have a player like that? Yeah, I'll put George Hewitt there. I didn't really think he was going to be anything special at Carlton, um, but he looked fantastic in the midfield. Um, completely different to what we've seen at Sydney, I'd say, and he's now in my defence. I'd, I'd put him in my team as a you know one of those movements you make over the weekend, and I think very excited to watch him play this week. I'd, his game was outstanding. <laughs> he played 100% midfield time, basically, and I... Don't think he's going to play much lockdown role and should be decent as a defensive option. Yeah, I got to say, I got to bite the bullet on that one. At the moment, I'm I'm thinking very much the same. Stater would be a very happy man. George Hewitt on the weekend. Yeah, um, 
but you've given it to me enough times. I just don't see it. I don't see where you're coming from. <laughs> He's never scored well. He's, he's where I don't see it. So you better not pick him, Doss. Well, Sam Walsh is going to be coming back soon, Stato. So, you know. He's yeah, not keep him out. Oh, what about you, Stato? Do you have a player that comes to mind as well? Yeah, I was a little bit interested in the Collingwood midfield because there's been talk of about 17 blokes running through the midfield. So I wanted to see what happened. Um, Crisp was always going to be a good. Um, defensive option. So he's plonked himself at D1 now because that midfield time is definitely there for him. Gee, I thought you were going to say another Collingwood player there. Get me a bit excited. Um, but uh, No. Fair enough. Uh, the no. player that- um, is he going to do more than just handball? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> mm, okay. The player that I hadn't even considered one little bit, and again, this is one player that I'm certainly going to be watching closely. But um, Daniel Rioli not in the side, which is probably the big the big mark. But Louis and I were talking, uh, were messaging. He was quite keen on this bloke over the weekend. Um, Hugo Ralph Smith as a potential option as a rookie priced forward at 258k with mid forward status. Actually played on a half back flank in the same Rio- uh, Daniel Rioli role that happened last year. So. If Rioli's back, it probably just cancels that out for me. But if he gets selected ahead of him, he looked really calm and poised on that back line. And Louis reckons he's uh, might be ahead of him in the pecking order now. So, that's just a player that wasn't even in my calculations that potentially might be. I had him down in my um, notes over the weekend. Sorry to cut you off there. But no, you're right. I, Rouse Smith came up multiple times. I think the other half of Marmalade um, messaged me all weekend about how hot he was on Rouse Smith. Um, and I did like his game. He would look good, but just beware that the um, who would Richmond play again? I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but whoever they played, I'm just hard to keep track of all the practice games I've watched over the last 24 Geelong. hours. Yeah, Geelong. Geelong kicked a bucket load of behinds, um, and we saw so much footy in like Jaden Shorts and Ralph Smith's hands, and I just don't think we'll see every week. Um, so I've just got him on my list with like a circle around his name. Well, I just want to see one more game from him and. Just yeah, see a, a bit more of a real test because they played six quarters and well, six six changes and, you know, there was heaps of behinds of kicking awful in front of goal. So, the footy was just in that back 50 so much. And they were missing, up they missing those players too. Yeah, again. Um, okay, and the last but not least before we get into a stack of um, players is one player you removed from your watch list after what happened on the weekend, Checkers. Uh, it sounds like a weird one because I don't think he'd be very highly selected. But I had Xavier Dozma floating around my watch list. Um, just you do love him a pod. F- you do love a pod. Yeah, checkers. I just I remember the first time he ever played, like the very first internal game he ever played. Louis actually sent me a message, like capital letters, probably four or five times, like Nat Fife, Xavier Dozma, Nat Fife, Xavier. <laughs> like, he was that hot on how like this hundred ninety odd centimeter. <laughs> wiry midfielder was just taking massive pack grabs and running along the wings and I just when they mentioned all pre-season about his midfield minutes and sort of shifting Boke back out of the midfield and putting uh, Butters and Dersmer in I thought geez keep a close eye on him just for that Nat Fife type Bondapelli tall midfielder role but I think that role is probably going to go to Butters and we'll probably see Willem Drew and Carl Amon and I just don't know if the minutes that they've promised all pre-season are going to be there for him so Sort of cooled a little on on that pod. 
Yeah, fair enough, man. And and I don't blame you on that one. Um, I'll just go quickly because mine's a player that actually didn't play, and we just got we just got some um, news come through before the pod that he's now uh, he's dealing with a calf complaint and won't feature in this week. But I think I got to take Jordan Dawson off my list after he's now apparently injured um, and not seeing him this week. Not going to see him in this upcoming trial. Um, it just—it's now scaring me away from him with a calf complaint. So I'm just going with one that's a bit of an easier one because uh, I didn't really get scared off of any of my picks on the weekend. So one that didn't feature is going <laughs> to be the one for me. Uh, what about you, Stato? Um, I will say this: this person passed an eye test. It's just they didn't play in the role I was hoping for. So. I was trying to work out for that D6 position, whether it be Matt Rowell or Cordwell. Um, and Cordwell just basically played a half-forward flank. So if that's going to be his role, so he played a half-intra-club um, as uh, a midfielder, but remember there's two midfields in an intra-club, um, and then this week he just plays half-forward. So he might be getting a little slice of the pie, but I don't think he's in there for a big role. Uh, looks like Parrish is number one. Um, then you've got Merritt and Co. following through there. So, look, um, Corwell at the moment, I've just taken off my watch list. Yeah, that's an interesting one because the week before uh, in a trial game, you know, internal trial that wasn't obviously they remember Essendon posting the halftime stats and everyone was like, oh, well, where's the second half stats of, uh, of Jai Corwell? Well, they were saying that he was playing as a pure mid in that internal trial and then rested um, most, if not all, the second half, based on the fact that he's still actually being he's being managed at the moment, or coming back from sort of that injury in the off season, they were still managing him this preseason. So I wonder whether this part of him playing forward this entire match was also just trying to get him through the game and managing him. And I wonder whether we see a bit more mid time from what you're alluding to next week. But even still, coming off a um, if it is a managed preseason, that's probably not something you want to touch anyway, Stato. So. Uh, fair enough to be scrubbing yep. him off the watch list there. All right, let's get into all these questions. Um, more so, sorry, players that we've got from from Twitter. Uh, and we're going to get through a bunch. So, I'll just be throwing them to you guys unless I have a big take on someone. But we've already talked about Caldwell, which was the first one. Uh, the second player we've got to talk about, um, we've also got, sorry, these questions firstly are also from our official pod pod AFL fantasy group on Facebook. So go ahead and join that one. Um, that's where we'll be answering questions during our in-season pod as well. So we'll be focusing on answering those ones. So we'll be putting out tweets as well during the um, in the preseason pods, but there's only a couple of them left. So go ahead and join that Facebook group. But the second player we're going to talk about, Ben Keys. Do you have any thoughts on him checkers after the weekend? Yeah. Uh it's going to be hard to read his role. Crows had too many players out and even the players they had in, a couple of them were coming off um, that COVID sort of shutdown they had. Um, so I just don't think their midfield was very easy to gauge. They got absolutely trounced in Brisbane on a wet deck um, and you couldn't really read too much data on what went on there. Um, Keys had great junior numbers. Keys had good uh, NEFL numbers and when he got his role in the midfield last year, he, he did well with it, scored really good, but... It's just going to be a gauge of how Matt Crouch coming back in, Rory Sloan coming back this week and where, you know, Schoenberg developing, how that Crows midfield looks. And we've heard about Dawson playing potential midfield minutes, heard about Malira and all the other players. I I couldn't read much on the Crows midfield from that game on the weekend. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Jared Brander, we, we had an interesting request for a Jared Brander. Stato, surely just a draft player, but he, he kicked the five snags. Good on your West Coast losing another quality player there. Yeah, 517K for someone that's in a not a really good scoring position. It's just simply a void, maybe late in a draft. Next player is someone that Louis's been super hot on this preseason, and, and Checkers obviously used to be on the same podcast as Louis back in the day, uh, the Lane Kicking Pod. You, you started your fantasy roots back then, but what do you think of Braden Proust this this season? Are you on the same page as Louis, and you reckon he's a safe R two? I think he's great value. Um, a lot of people wrote him off on the weekend, and Louis was messaging me as well at the same time. I was watching the game after I knocked off work, and I think. The bloke hasn't played footy for almost two years. He's been chopped around to two different clubs. You're not going to see 100% game time, 35 hitouts, 20 disposal like everyone's expecting him to dish up. I mean, he did what he needed to do. He showed his fit. He showed he can play footy still after all that time out of the game. And I think Finlayson leaving the Giants and Matt Flynn probably not being quite a big enough body. We saw that last year when they played Grundy and Gorn. They had to bring Mumford back. So they will need a big body in that ruck to sort of combat that though they'll probably play two rucks at most times and I think Bruce even as a forward ruck or getting his minutes split his value for money at his price he's in my side for sure Stato got a different opinion on that one uh, look I just want to see more at the moment uh, I, I just think they've got three decent options um, so look his body just hasn't been good for, for how long um, he hasn't played consistent footy for such a long time. So, look, I'm just not hot. I, I understand the value. Um, and, yes, he, he did cut a, a decent figure out there, but, you know, whether he can put a full game together. You, you actually want someone that's had a really good preseason, not an interrupted preseason. That's when you get good form. Jordan Clark's the next player requested, and I got to see a lot of this game, and, God, he did look Bloody good in this one. Frio versus West Coast. It was an absolute bloodbath. West Coast got smashed by Hundy points. Um, and like we said, Frio was still missing a whole heap of their players, including Luke Ryan, who has a lot to do with the distribution out of the back line. But they had just so many mouths to feed. I was surprised. Like, you know, they had um, Hayden Young, Geordie Clark, and what's the other bloke, number 27? Um, Heath. Chapman. Yeah, Chapman. Hey, th- those three guys are just- they all look like stars in the making on the half, oh, on the yeah. half back line. And it's like, who's going to get the pill? But Jordy Clark- And that was my like point. Jordy Clark looks like he's going to be relevant this year. It's just a matter of um, probably draft given his midfield status. But I think there's plenty of upside in his points. And I think he's going to get that free wheeling role that we saw him play at Geelong last preseason and get us all excited before he moved back into a non-fantasy role in the season. But- I think the price makes it very awkward, but I do love him as a draft option. And I'll be keeping a close eye on him early uh, early in the season as well in case he's one that I want to jump onto, uh, especially because he should get that defensive status round six. Finn McRae, have you got any thoughts on him, Checkers? Don't know if you got to catch much of the Pies game, but very cheap. Yeah, I watched a bits and pieces of it. I'm a Saints fan, so I was trying to keep an eye on it, but I was busy the day it was on. and um, I think... It's just going to depend on that new coach and the new setup, and they've obviously Collingwood have got a brand new midfield almost uh, in that rebuild stage. And Taylor Adams should play in there, but Pendles has moved out, and who's going to fill the role? So I've definitely got a close eye on like McRae, 
Um, you got Dacos come in, and even the other Dacos that could all get increased minutes or a better role. So I don't know if he's justifiable. He's, he's a little bit more expensive than Dacos and Horn Francis, and you'd probably want to start him on field. So is he going to score enough? Like, he, will he average seventy plus, or will he probably average fifty or sixty? It's, it's hard to pick. I don't think he's probably got the scoring potential in him. Yeah, um, and far out. Talk about one that's locked into my side after the weekend. I didn't even mention Dacos. Oh, he looked he looked amazing. So he's a, he's an absolutely safe rookie pick. Uh, Stato, this is the next player we're going to talk about. It's Thompson Dow. Now, no, you've been championing um, a bit of this pick in the preseason. I got to watch a bit of the game. Was very impressed by how he went about it. But can you pick him in classic? Uh, at 322K, he's, honestly, he's a bit too expensive. Yeah. Um, and they were missing a few. We, we, need to, we need to understand that, that I don't think a, an inside midfield role is his yet. Uh, but he was good at the clearances. My key issue, um, and it's a little bit the same with his brother, was he didn't get a lot of the footy. So he's actually fantasy score from the game, um, which was a good half um, running around that guts, was 27. Oh. So that's, yeah, it's it's a bit of an issue. It look a lot but better the, than that. <laughs> and the super coach score would be a lot better because it was contested footy, yeah. there was clearances. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately it was, um, wasn't the plus sixes, it was just the the kick out of the pack. In true so down you get fashion. Plus three, a uh, lot of good handball. So they're a plus two. So yeah. So it was a little bit of a worry that the score didn't build. Yeah, I think his we'll be junior talking numbers more. and uh, VFL stats weren't overly appealing either. Mm. I remember from yeah looking them up. So usually with the rookies that we've only seen a few games from, you might get sucked in by them scoring a good score last year or getting a, a new role, but. You got to go back to you know seven when they were seventeen, eighteen, and see if they've actually got the potential in him. And I don't think he's probably got it. A bit like his brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. My boy, don't don't do my boy dirty like that. Um, <laughs> one to maybe watch in your keeper leagues once all these uh, veteran Richmond players retire. Uh, Mitch Crowden or Crowden was one to watch. In Fremantle, I'm just going to skip right past him. Sorry to whoever requested that on our group. Um, Look, we've just mentioned before at the start of the show, I mentioned how many Freeman or midfielders were out. He's just going to be the one that's pushed out of there, um, unfortunately, when when those guys come back. I think they're much more likely to play a guy who we might talk about a bit later in, in the Will Brody, who also had a fantastic game. Uh, you've got a guy like Darcy Tucker that's going to push in ahead of him, obviously Fife and Mundy. So, unfortunately, I think, you know, he, he's a depth. He's going to be a depth player for them this year, even though he has shown an ability to do really well when he gets that role. I just don't think he's going to get it. Uh, Willie Rioli at 293K. What do you reckon about him, Checkers? Uh, I have a few mates very hot on him. I just don't see it. I think he'll be a bit up and down. He might kick a few goals some weeks and you get a half-decent score, but there'll be weeks where he'll really struggle and it's just probably not justifiable with that price. There's a lot better options up forward. There's so much value, like underpriced midfielders and stuff that you can really stack your forward lineup and I just can't can't see him even fitting in contention for me at the moment. Tell you what, Checkers, I might have been keen on him if West Coast was the one winning by 100 points and not the other way around. So, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's definitely going to be struggling up forward if it's going to be more games like that, unless we see a positional change from him. But, yeah, I guess the only thing you're going to get with him is job security. 
um, because we know that he's going to be playing most weeks, especially with all the injuries that happen in that game. So, I mean, if you didn't catch it as well, West Coast just had an absolute stack of injuries. So, well, while, while I'm at it, why don't I just, I'll quickly touch on a guy who was requested by a lot of people. Um, I'll just skip ahead to this player. So, Connor West. Stato is one that a lot of people are talking about. A lot of people are keen on. He's got the mid-forward status. I totally understand why as well because if you're watching that game, Yo's now going to be out for a while. Sheed's out for ages. You've already got Shuey that's out. So, who's bloody playing in their midfield status? And then the new recruit who would have been the saviour of our 190K rookie stocks is also injured with an AC joint injury. Connor West was the guy that um, immediately when she went down early, he got the injection of CBAs and, and has done scored well in the past in the waffle doing that role. They got the mid-season draft. Do you think that he can have an impact for us this year, especially at that price early in the season? I'll say no for two reasons. Firstly, he got heaps of CBA but didn't get much of the football at all. So he just didn't really touch it. And the second part is he went in for scans, uh, has a slight injury. Um, there hopefully might be right for this weekend's practice game, but um, they'll be managing him. So expect him to potentially be a late out this week. So his preparation's interrupted as well. Who, who is going to play in there then? <laughs> O'Neill, Xavier O'Neill uh, at 365. Maybe we're looking at the wrong... The wrong uh, 300 k Just opened the WA borders up. I'm going to hate to see if a COVID case hits West Coast as well. Oh, <laughs> Wipe the whole side out. Absolutely rough. Um, I'd keep, Honestly, though, I'd be keeping an eye on the role this week of who is going to be in there because, I mean, the weird thing was I saw, like, Jermaine Jones um, was the guy that went in there. I don't know what his price is, and I, I don't think he's a scorer at all. Looks like an impact player. But he was the guy that actually got a centre bounce bump as well was um, Jermaine Jones. So, he's 400K. You're not going to pick him as a forward uh, unless he shows no. something absolutely amazing next week. Uh, all right, Tyson Stengel. Playing for the Cats, Stato um, as well. Do you want to talk about this one? Because I saw that game. He kicked an absolute bunch of snags. Uh, but as a small forward option, I'm not terribly keen, especially, you know, his price is inflated because he's played before as well. Yeah, about 298K, I think his price is. But look, at the end of the day, small forward's um, a, a risky role. Um, in saying that, I, I think we're going to be struggling at this stage. Um, our views may change after this weekend of how many rookies we've got available. And we need to have as many green dots as we possibly can. So, um, um, and a lot of our midfield uh, rookie options uh, are drying up very, very quickly. So I feel comfortable that three are going to play. So uh, you're talking uh, Dacos, Hyphen and McDonald. And they're the only three that I'm convinced are going to play at this stage. So that's a real worry. Um, there's not a lot in defence. Um, they seem to be thinning out too. So having a Rioli, a Stengel, a uh, um, a Ralph Smith, those types might be the players we have to have on field in the forward line. Yeah, it's going to be a watch. Uh, Matt Rowe, checkers, did he do enough to be picked in your side, at least at this early stage? Yeah, he, has, he, was, he was already in there. He hasn't left it. Um, you're just looking at his fitness base and how he's moving and stuff. I think even if he starts the year with a stinker, he's in pretty much everyone's side. You're not going to lose out a whole heap and he's at that price where you can easily downgrade to a rookie and 
pretty easily do it. Um, he looks smooth. He looked like the Rao we've sort of known in the past, and he's still young. He's going to have games where he doesn't score great. He's going to have games where he blows us away. So you can't put too much heat on that bloke at his price. It's, it's, he doesn't have to do much to impress me. Laid a bunch of tackles. I think it was seven um, based on one of the stat sleuths on Twitter. So that's a great sign. The only thing, I think it was zero marks as well. So just not kind of doing what we were wanting in that sense of spread from the contest and the uncontested work. But like you said, at his price, he might just be doing enough for us anyway. Um, and again, like you said, young player as well and, and just working his way into the season. So great signs uh, there. We've talked about George Hewitt, I think. Did you want to say anything else about that, Stato? No. Lockie Weller. What about him getting a, a half-back role available as a forward? I'm not really interested. Never been a super high fantasy scorer, but what about you? What do you think? Um, yeah, I like the role, um, and it's the type, the right type of player for that role. So I think he's going to perform well. Um, I don't think he's going to have a massive ceiling, but I think it's he's very draft-relevant. Um, at 600k, probably make you a 100k for the year, but whether that's enough to take the pump with, probably not. So I don't think he's fantasy relevant. I think he's very draft relevant. Yeah, and for those that haven't caught it, so he's basically switched from his role last year of you know wing forward now to a pure halfback flanker. He's been training there all preseason, and he had the role on the weekend. So that's where they're looking at playing him this year. But yeah, I don't see enough. I don't see enough upside there. I do, I do see some upside, just not enough to pick him at his price. Noah Answorth um, for Brisbane. Checkers, did you did you get a gauge on him, and have you got any interest there? Yeah, I watched this game again last night. He looked. Pretty smooth. He looked good on the wing and picked up a lot of the ball. But I just, it's one of those ones. It's a real awkward price point that, you know, players that have already played and they're just above a rookie price. I'd rather take a rookie or I'd rather punt someone with a bit more fantasy potential. He hasn't shown fantastic numbers when he's played AFL. He hasn't shown incredible numbers when he's played Neeful. So for him to really justify his price, I'd be wanting like, you know, a 75 plus average. And I think he might have games where he hits that, but he's not, probably not going to average that. Um, Brisbane can be a bit of an all-over-the-shop sort of operator and they absolutely destroyed the Crows on the weekend. So you could say just about any Brisbane player had a good game. You know, I've seen tweets from probably 15, 16 Brisbane players that people are considering, but all it would take is them to turn around and get pumped or, or lose a game and we probably will have, you know, only two or three that will stand out as actual options, I think. Just a I bit of that, that pre-season hype. I guess that Bircher role is probably where people are coming from. You know, somebody's got to take those kicks and if it is Answorth, then maybe there's the upside. But yeah, I, t- I, t- I tend to be on the same page. I don't want to agree on everything. But yeah, for that one at that price, I'm probably same boat. Um, uh, staying with you, Checkies, because we, we've got the opinion of this guy a few times on, the, on this podcast. So what do you think of Patrick Lipinski, who obviously just got a song written about him today? <laughs> yeah, I saw the video clip. Uh, good shout out. It's well done. Good, good work <laughs> from you guys. Um, might have to give it a remix or something. <laughs> oh, mate, absolutely. <laughs> yep, it's yours. Remix coming um, soon from Ch- DJ Chetsky. At the Bulldogs, I was that hot on him any time. I think I had him in my fantasy side probably two or three years ago. I pulled him in when he was very, very low ownership. Me and Louis would always bring him up on the podcast. There was a couple players that on that podcast. We were always looking up their VFL stats, always – because we knew as soon as they got a, a chance in the AFL, they were going to explode. I remember it was like Riley West was one who was just tearing up the VFL. It was Pat Nash. But the one we were always hot on when he was just out of the side, 
we'd always be tuning into the VFL. I reckon a couple of times we sat down together and even watched Bulldogs VFL games just to see Lipinski play because oh, mate, I love he's that. that guy. When he gets a chance, man, <laughs> he's just as good as McRae or just as good as, you know, I'm not going to say the Bond because the Bond's a completely different player, but he's just as good as one of those midfielders when he got the no, chance. McRae, he just never, <laughs> never got it at the Bulldogs. And I just hope they give him the minutes in the midfield at the Pies because they, they play a very similar brand of footy, the Pies. They, their midfielders love to play that sort of, you know, fast-moving footy and high-possession footy. So hopefully next to Taylor Adams, he looks just like McRae. So. I love to hear that. I love to hear that, Checkers, and, and look out for the remix, everyone, coming soon. Uh, Cam Rayner was the last uh, player from our Facebook group, anyway, that we wanted to talk about. Um, Statesman, what did you think of Rayner's performance? And he's been a guy that I kind of think is, um, you know, this year's Paddy Dow, personally. I think that it's not a high-possession player that you're going to be getting playing in the midfield, even though, obviously, I was big on him last year. But I'm just saying, in retrospect... This is probably that pick this year that's such a high percentage ownership. And yeah, I don't know how he's going to deliver, but what do you think of his performance on the weekend? So, any player in the future that looks like they might be a fantasy disappointment is this year's Paddy No, I just mean high, high quality ball use, but just not quite the positions for fantasy. That's all I mean. Yeah, he's an impact player. Uh, It's the best way to explain it. he, he's never been a high-possession player. Um, it, it's funny, the biggest uh, criticism we used to have about him was his tank. Um, they seem to be convinced that's solved, even though he's coming back from an ACL. So I find that sort of uh, quite interesting. But, but obviously, he's done a lot of work um, during his rehab, so good on him. I, I'm just not biting that apple, to be honest. Um, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because of the injury history. Two, because of the scoring history. Um, and and three, he's more of an impact um, and he will do some ripper things. I think he'll be a highlight real guy. I just don't know if he's going to build a good enough score. And, and at 400K, which I know we talk about it, he's in the 300s, but he's basically 400K. It's a bit too awkward for me. All right, we're going to smash through a bunch more names and we're just going to do couple of words on each one, you know, love it, hate it, pick him, don't pick him, that sort of thing, lock. All right, so we'll go through these and see what we can get through for the rest of these players. Uh, I'll just go back and forth between you guys, be really quick about it. Alex Witherden, checkers? God, don't really want to touch any West Coast players really in my side, so I'll pass on that one. Andrew Brayshaw and Noah Anderson, Stato, you got a double. Got a double. Uh, love Brayshaw, mindful that he will get some attention and we haven't seen him uh, kick that yet, but I think he'll develop well to do so. Uh, Noah Anderson, I really, really like. Uh, Want to see how he goes this weekend because last weekend he looked great, but he didn't really build a good score. But you as a previous owner can agree he's he's got a ceiling. He does have a ceiling. That was not two words they said, so let's keep it a bit tighter, mate. Um, (laughs) I'm huge on Brayshaw, though, uh, just to be honest. All right, Lockie Bramble. That's more than two words. Lockie Bramble checkers. Uh, Yeah, another team that's probably going to struggle. So, I've got Mitchell locked and maybe Warpool you look at, but there's there's sort of other names you'd want want to see a bit more from and you could wait for later in the season. Clayton Oliver, Stato. Clayton Oliver, Stato. Uh, absolute gun. If he wasn't round 14, he'll definitely be in my team. Patrick Dangerfield checkers. Yeah, underpriced. I think he's definitely underpriced. So, there's value to be had there. It just depends if he fits in your structure. 
Dusty or Cogs, Stato? Or both? Dusty oh, or wow. Uh I love both from the weekend. I've been trying to find a way to get Cogs into my team, so him. Hunter Clark, checkers? Yep, I had him in my side uh, over the preseason, so he's on my watch list still. He isn't in there at the moment, but keep a close eye on him. Jack McRae, Stato? Priced at what he'll do, he's in my team. Jai Newcomb, checkers. Uh, another Hawks player, like I said, probably you you want to see a bit more from them and I don't think they're going to be very competitive this year. All right, we're going to go back and forth. I'm not going to say your names for the rest. Let's smash these out. Josh Kelly, Stato? Oh, I just said your name, Josh Kelly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I want to see more this weekend, but he is undervalued by 10 points, Je- so he's a watch. Jeremy Sharp? Yeah, massively draft relevant, I think. Lockie Weller, we've talked about him. Lloyd? Draft. Jake Lloyd? Uh, Lloyd, concerned on role with impact for Campbell. Want to see him this weekend. I'll, I'll read these. Gorn, uh, absolutely. Sarong, absolutely. Nick Newman? Uh, I think with Zach Williams and Saad fit, it'd be hard to see him sort of hit the heights. We'll go with and you then- again, Checkers, because you, you know a few of the Port boys. What about... Sam Hayes, was it? Sam Hayes. Yeah, I saw tonight in the news that uh, Scott Lysich is actually a fair chance to play this week. So, I don't think everyone was really hot because there could be a role for him, but he's he's not number one at the moment if Lysich's playing. We'll go you again, Checkers, because I know the next man Stato will want. Shea Bolton, what do you think about him? Richmond Bishop, hard to read. I think Dusty's looked good, but probably don't know if his ceiling's quite there as a forward. Adam Chera, statesman. <laughs> yeah, has been in my team since it opened. He remains. And you're disappointed that he's now no longer as much of a pod as he was before. Nah, it doesn't matter, does it? Well, oh, you're getting, getting around him. All the people can join on. All right, Tim Taranto, checkers. Uh, overpriced. I think you probably lose some coin there and there's better options up forward. Really, uh, if you're in draft, though, I'd say you're probably in your first five picks. Adam Trelaw? Yep. Uh, risk, reward, God, he looked good on the weekend, though, but I'm sticking with Dunkley. Will Brody check his. I'm big on him, but I know there's so many midfielders out. Huge ton, though, on the weekend. Keen? Yeah, he impressed on the weekend. His numbers were great in the knee as well, so you look back at his past history and you just get excited. He's better than Fiorini. Come on, mate. Well, he used to get the inside midfield role while Fiorini yeah, he, he was out was, in the wing he did in VFL. Technically, score pretty well in the VFL over the years. I'll, I'll give you that one. Mm-hmm. Um, no, mm-hmm. I'm massive on Better him. Than Fiorini. I'm massive on him. I just want to see one more of those, and he's he's locked in. All right. Well, that was that was all the players that we we have time for. Well, that was all the players we got through every single one. So thanks so much. Checkers um, for joining us on this pod as well. Um, I'll just quickly say, everyone become a silver or gold member of the Keep Elite Game Weekly Access uh, to our in-season pod pod. So there's only a couple of weeks left. We're going to be on the airwaves here and then we're going to be on the Keep League pod website. So make sure you become silver or gold member to gain access to that. And you also get access to CBA analysis, State League fantasy scores, draft day analysis. There's a bunch up there um, to get involved with. Um, I've also given up on doing my Dossie's pods on this podcast because there's just too much content to get through in the preseason, but I'll get an article up soon and we'll get re- get through all those point of difference players for you as well. Now, Checkers, I know you love a point of difference as well. So, what's your Twitter handle for you and wherever else we can find you for your TikTok and everything else? Yeah, we're just running um, at Marmalade 
underscore Oz at the moment. I think that's probably the easiest way to find it. I changed all my socials over on Twitter just to run with that um, because we've got probably a better footy community through our TikTok. Um, and yeah. Love it, mate. We'll, we'll be hopefully doing a torpy with you uh, soon enough over, I don't know what we'll be doing that for, but I'm keen to, <laughs> keen to get involved if you, <laughs> you have a song. Yeah, let's do a few, send and, a few uh, spirals. Maybe not statesman though. He might have to get a flight over, but um, I fear if the old man's string it might uh, might ping at his age. So, maybe maybe avoid the stato. But thanks again, Checkers, uh, for coming on and everyone else. We'll see you next week. 